Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. I'm going to continue uh, with part two of what we started last week, which is growing in grace. Everybody say growing in grace. grace. Today I want to talk to you about the benefits of growing in grace. Growing in grace. So I want to start off with a story. When I was in school, when I was a little mocoso, we call them in Spanish, when I was in sixth grade, there was one of my teachers that started this reading competition in our class. And she challenged all of her students to, for over a two-month period, I believe, to read as many books as possible. And the winner of the contest would get a free milkshake. She was going to make this milkshake. She happened to be our home economics teacher, so she had access to kitchen and all, you know, she taught us a bunch of stuff like that, which they don't teach anymore. Anyways, it came down to the last couple of weeks, and it was, because I I made up in my mind, because I love to read, I'm going to win this competition, I'm going to win it. And it came down to another student and I, and her name was Elizabeth, and uh, her and I came down to the last week, and, and, uh, I won. I beat her by like a book, I think it was. And we had to write book reports for each book we read and turn them in. That was the proof that we read the book. So I ended up reading 40 books in those two months, turning in book reports. And then in the class, she pinned the star or whatever. And then I won a milkshake. And all for a milkshake. I read all these books. And of course, I wasn't reading War and Peace, you know. Thick books that, if you don't know what that looks like, take a look at War and Peace one day. But they were books, and, and I, whatever it was that, I, that appealed to me at that time, and I read them, and I got my milkshake. And was it worth it? Yes, it was worth it because I got my milkshake. So here's the question I would ask you, because the motivation I had to read those books came from the milkshake. Because of the promise I was going to get a milkshake. What is, what is, and this is something for you to ponder today. What is it that causes you or that would cause you to spend significant time to read God's word? To get alone and pray? What is it that challenges you? Why expend the energy and discipline to say no to a lot of tempting things and just Go with the flow and do whatever it is that you feel like doing. What, what is the discipline that you have? Why say no to temptation is what I'm saying. Why be patient, kind, gentle, loving to others when they don't sometimes deserve it? And we talked about that in our Zoom class this past Thursday on how to pray for your enemies. And which leads me to the next thing. Why pray for your enemies? What is causing or what is motivating you to do those things? What is the motivation to be diligent, to grow in grace, to grow in the Lord? What's the reward for you and I? And that's what I want to talk to you about today. What is the benefit of being a believer? Because it takes grace to live like a believer. There's some times where you want to say some things that wouldn't classify you as a believer. I know that because I'm a human being just like you. We've all been there. Last week, I touched on a few a few points here where the Bible taught us that to make progress in growing in grace, we were to make progress in these areas, moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, 
uh, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Remember these? I, I touched on these last week. And it's these things that Peter, in the sermon text I'm about to read to you, is talking about. So if you want to turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 8 through 11. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 8 through 11. And that's right by, before Revelation, towards the end of your Bible. You'll find it. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verses 8 through 11. And I'm going to start reading in verse 8. And in the NIV version, it says it this way. For if you possess these qualities, the qualities I just mentioned. So he's, he's, he's talking about the things I mentioned last week. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9, but whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort, say that with me, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Wow, that's powerful there. Verse 11, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And really, it's the last two verses that I want to concentrate on here for this Sunday afternoon. Peter was essentially asking Jesus also this same question, these questions I pose to you. In fact, if we bring up Matthew chapter 19 and verse 27. Listen to what Peter says to Jesus. And Peter answered him, We've left everything to follow you. We've given up everything. We were fishermen doing quite fine, and we, we gave up that life to follow you, Jesus. What then will be there for us? What then will there be for us? In other words, what do I get? Where, what is my reward? All of us, when we do something, we, we work for a living because there's a reward. It's called a paycheck. It's called a paycheck at the end of the week, at the end of your two weeks, at the end of the month. We don't go to work for free. We go because there's a reward. Amen? And, and in the same way spiritually, Peter's asking this question. Hey, Jesus, I left everything. I forsook everything to follow you. What, what do I get? He's a human being just like you and I. He's asking questions that you and I may have asked at one time. Did you know that the benefits of following Jesus are out of this world? The benefits are amazing. They're out of this world. Jesus was saying that eternal benefits should motivate us to endure whatever hardship comes your way. We take vows when we begin a marriage relationship. And for most of us that do the standard, typical vows, it's in good times and bad times, sad times, illness, sickness, you do these things. Those are part of your vows. You don't run away from them. You embrace them and you, you get them head on and you deal with them head on because you know the reward. It's, it's a love that God has created, that God has united between two people. Amen? I want to talk to you for the next few moments just about some benefits of growing in grace. So let's look at this. Number one, growing in grace results in fruitfulness in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If we can leave the sermon text up there, 1 Peter 
chapter 1, if we can leave that up there, because I'm just going to be referring to this back and forth for the next few moments. But as believers, we all have different talents. We use our time, talents, and treasures that God has entrusted to us so that one day we will hear when we walk up to heaven and Jesus says to Andrew, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into your reward. He will tell you that, Andrew. He will tell that to each of us here. But that's if we stay productive. That's if we uh, continue to seek Him. Amen? It's not just a once-done once deal. You don't just receive the Lord and then, and then you go on your, you know, and do whatever you want. That's not what the Lord wants for you. He's created a purpose for each of us. Amen? But at the same time, we want to be useful and fruitful. We, know, we want to be useful and fruitful. I love when some people say, Pastor Rick, I, I want to be like this person, or I, I, I follow that person, or as pastor, I, I like to listen to certain individuals, and I, and I love the way they speak and so forth. And it's great to emulate somebody. It's great to want to kind of be like them, but don't forget this. God created you uniquely. Stay in your lane. Everybody say that with me. Stay in your lane and be you. Don't be somebody that you're not. You know, every one of us that have silver hair, gray hair, did this when we were younger. We tried to copy somebody and be like somebody else until you figured out you're not that person. Amen. You're you. You may have tried to be like your sibling or a, a relative, an uncle or an aunt if you're a female here today. You may have gravitated toward their personality and said, I want to be like that person. And then you realized... No, God created me a little bit different. I'm supposed to be me. And it takes years to understand that. Especially young people have a hard time figuring all that out as you're growing up. But one of the things that, that, can, uh, that can distract us is to look at other people and compare ourselves. God wants to remind you right now, stay in your lane and be you. Be you. This means that God created you uniquely. He, he created you and knit you in your mother's womb. He knew all about you. He already knew your futures. He knew exactly where you'd be moving, what you did yesterday, what you're going to do tomorrow, what you're going to do this evening. He already knows that. And so by being unique, He doesn't want you to be anybody else except for who He created you to be. And He wants you to be fruitful and grow in the knowledge of who he is. Amen? That's what verses 8 and 9 are really referring to. Possessing the qualities, the ones that I mentioned at the outset, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. Because I'll, I'll tell you right now, none of you want to be ineffective. In fact, you want to be effective. That means you want to be able to do the job, whatever it is. You want to be fruitful. You want to be able to do whatever it is that's demanded of you. Amen? And that's what we want to do and grow in the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. The second point is growing in grace requires diligence and results in assurance of salvation. Diligence. That's, that's like my dad or your dad that, that worked for 30, 40 years for a company. That's like our, our late brother Wayne who worked many years for the same company over. And he, guess what? He got up every single day. He had a lunch. 
probably had some breakfast, went to his work, came home at the end of the day, and they did they do those things every single day for years. That's called diligence. Diligent and not complaining about it, just doing it. Because that's what God expects of us spiritually as well. Diligence, doing the right thing, just doing it every day, every day, every day. I know life gets tough sometimes, especially this last year and a half. Life has been extremely tough. But be diligent in everything that you do. Be, be diligent with your prayer time. Be diligent with your Bible reading. Don't let it slack off. When you do think of those times of, well, I don't need to do that, think of the eternal reward you will receive. Because we're getting, I'm going to lead to that here, but think of those things that you will have in eternity. That's what you have to focus on when, when we get tired, when, we get, when we're hurt, when we're lonely, when things are not going our way. We have to remember what we're going to have in eternity with Almighty God. Amen? As I mentioned last week, Peter in this verse, in verse 10, is emphasizing that growing in grace requires diligence. Doing the same thing, doing the right things, but being, being uh, full of integrity while you do it. Now it doesn't happen deliberately, it happens by an effort. You have to put in an effort, you have to get up early, you have to make the time to do these things. I'm talking about prayer. If you're cruising on spiritual autopilot, you're never going to grow in Christ. You're going to be the same today as you, as you are 10 years from now if you're cruising on autopilot. What does the saying go? How does the saying go? If you do the same thing tomorrow that you're doing today, you'll always be the same. You know, I'm not talking about the other saying about if expecting different results and that's insanity if you're doing the same thing. I'm just talking about if you keep doing the same thing every day, every day, every day, you're going to have the same thing every day, every day, every day. Sometimes God challenges us to stir it up, to change it up, to sacrifice. Amen? Amen. And at the same time, as we grow in grace, that is when you can truly understand that God gives us the assurance that we have salvation. How many have ever struggled and asked the, this question of God or of yourself, am I truly saved? I think a lot of people have asked themselves that question at one time or another. Usually early on as a believer, you question whether you really are saved or not. Maybe when you're at Walmart and you begin to think all these things, you question, man, am I really saved? And, or it could be somebody cutting you off in traffic and just jumping right in front of you. And you begin to question, wow, I thought that crazy thought. Am I really saved, Lord? We all think that, but I want to remind you as believers, you're here today. That tells me that's a pretty good indication. Not only are you believers, but you're wanting to grow in Christ. That gives me and you the assurance to know that, yeah, you're saved. You're saved. But here's what I want you to understand. Do you recognize that God has changed your heart from where you used to be? Do you recognize that God has changed your thinking? Or how I refer to it around here, your stinking thinking. How he's changed that. And that you have a desire to grow in grace. A, a desire to know him better. Those are all signs that you're wanting to grow in grace and that you have salvation. It's somebody that does not think like that, that I would truly ask them, well, let's really examine if you're really saved. Let's back up to the very beginning. 
And we can pray and we can talk scripture and I can pray over you. But if your desire is now to please and obey the Lord God, because of what he did on the cross for you, I can assure you with 100% that you are saved. If that is your true desire and you have accepted the Lord Jesus into your life. This is the assurance that your spirit is in the right place and that you have received salvation. When you are wanting and constantly desiring to grow in Christ. Amen. And that's each of you here today. Thank, thank God for that. Amen. Our third point this afternoon is growing in grace results in perseverance in the faith. Everybody say perseverance. 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 That's a tough word. That means going through something, hanging in there when everything around you seems to be falling apart. And all of us have faced a time or two different circumstances where everything seems to be falling apart. But you persevered through it. You got through it. That's why I love scriptures like 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. It talks about how God will, you know, you have a, this temptation that takes you and God will provide a way of escape that you may be able to bear it or endure it, the Bible says. You have perseverance. He gives you the strength to persevere. If it was just up to you and I, we wouldn't be able to survive. We wouldn't be able to overcome. But look to Him. He is the one that will give you the strength to persevere. Amen. So in, in verse 10 here, let's look at that right here where it says, Make every effort to confirm your calling and election, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. Wow. The Word of God says you will never stumble. Now, now check this out. Peter isn't saying that you'll never stumble, you'll never sin. That's not what he's saying. Stumbling in this sense, he's saying that you'll never fall away from God, that you'll never walk away from Him. Because how many know that happens? People choose to... Yes. Walk away from the house of God. Walk away from church. Walk away from living a life as a believer. And every day, let me remind you, because I was there, the Holy Spirit will follow you everywhere you go and remind you every morning that you wake up, you are not fulfilling your purpose. You are not living right and you need to fix it. That's what happens to people that leave the church. Pastor doesn't have to be calling them. The Holy Spirit himself will fall on them and remind them every single morning. But here's the thing. All of us are imperfect. We will stumble. We will, because we're not perfect, we will have occasions to fall short of the glory of God, as the Bible says. There will be times you may say something and you'll have to ask forgiveness from your spouse or from a friend, from a co-worker. That is the absolute truth, Amen. Now, to believe that we would be without sin, that is unrealistic, that we would never sin, because the Bible says in 1 John 1, 8, and we don't have this scripture up on the screen, but the Word of God declares if we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. That's powerful there. That lets you and I know that, yes, we will fall short. Every single person that was ever born in this earth fell short, except for Jesus Christ, the only perfect man who was without sin, tempted in every way, the Bible says, that you and I would be tempted, yet he overcame, amen? So again, the reality is we will stumble. 
But pick yourself up. Everybody say, pick yourself up. Believers who are cultivating godly qualities described in the word of God choose to walk with the Lord. When you're choosing to walk with the Lord, God walks with you. God gives you the strength that you need. You're seeking to know him better and to please him every day. That's exactly what God wants. That's what we want as parents of our children. I, I love, I just gotta, I gotta brag on Andrew. I love when he comes to me like he did today and says, Pastor Rick, can you pray for this person? Can you pray for that person? And oftentimes we'll just pray together, him and I. And I told him today, we're going to pray here as a congregation, as a church. We're going to pray for that need. But I love that. And that tells me that he is 100% sold out for God. He trusts in God. He believes in God. And I know you do too, but that's a beautiful thing when you see that in somebody. Amen? As you practice these things, here's the other thing that happens. It will safeguard you from stumbling and falling away from the faith. If you're practicing the things I mentioned, the perseverance, being diligent in your faith, in your walk, it will prevent you from walking away from church. It's when you begin to look out there at the former life, at what you used to do, at the people you used to hang out with, if you get too much of that, it pulls you away from the house of God. It pulls you away from what the Lord intended for your life. And then our fourth point is, growing in grace results in eternal blessings. Say eternal blessings with me. That is so beautiful. Eternal. It's not 60 years. It's not 70 years or 80 or 90 or 100 like my... Our grandma lived to be a hundred, or our great grandpa lived to be a hundred, and on and on and on. It's eternity, forever. Now, granted, that's a hard concept for us with finite minds to grasp of an eternity. We, we're, we measure everything in time. We woke up this morning at a certain time. We had breakfast or lunch at a certain time. We know church starts at two o'clock. We know we'll be home at this time. We're going to have dinner at that time. we got to be in bed by this time. And then tomorrow we do it all over again. But to think of eternal terms, it's hard to grasp that. But here's the great news. We will be rejoicing with our Lord God in heaven and our loved ones forever and ever and ever. Amen? That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And you have that promise. All of you have that promise that assurance. Amen. So again, to grow in grace, the Word of God says we must do these things. Peter is saying that if we're diligent to grow in grace and in godliness, we will have eternal life. That God will welcome us and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into your reward. Oh, those are words I long to hear. And I, I, I long to hear words like, great job, Rick, you're going to get a raise at work. I long to hear words like that, or uh, great job, Rick, um, you don't, or no, the waiter coming up to us and saying, the tip, or the bill's been taken care of by that table over there. I long to hear those type of words too, but the greatest words I ever long to hear are, well done, my good and faithful servant, amen? amen. Those are great words to hear, and all of us can look forward to that. Again, we must do these things, but this isn't to say that our salvation comes by works, Okay. 
Rather, genuine salvation always results in a life of growing grace and godliness. You know, Jesus Christ, and I mentioned this last week, He did it all on the cross. He did it all. Yes, we get baptized as believers after that, after we receive Christ. But baptism doesn't save you. You know, even, even coming to church doesn't save you, but it's the desire to want to be in the house of God to acknowledge His presence, to experience His presence, to grow closer to Him. All those things combined draw you closer to our Heavenly Father. Amen? That's where applying diligence is needed. And sometimes we need to examine ourselves. Sometimes we need to say, Lord, where am I? Where am I? Where should I be? When you get off in your quiet time, I, I want you to do this this week, today, tomorrow. And I want you to ask God this question. When you're in a quiet place, Lord, where am I? Where should I be? Where should I be? Take me to that place where I need to be. And I'm talking about spiritually. Where should I be spiritually? Because he wants you to grow in grace. Amen. Many of us, and I've mentioned those that have left the church, have forgotten what he did on the cross. Have forgotten the, the great grace and, and the mercy as the songs that we were singing earlier have given to us. His goodness, his kindness, which leads us to repentance. And then we, we are saved by grace, the Bible says. Thank God for that. Amen. But if we are forgetting those things or taking those things lightly, maybe time to check yourself, check your spirit. Where am I, Lord? Where am I spiritually? Am I, am I in the place where I'm being pleasing to you? See, here's the bottom line question that will answer that. If Jesus isn't the most important thing to you in your life, if what he did on the cross isn't the number one important thing in your life, you're missing the mark. You're missing the mark. If your job, if your home, if your spouse, if your child is more important than that, you're, you've missed the mark. And I'm not minimizing those other things. They should follow afterwards. But God Almighty should always be number one. Amen? We must acknowledge those things in the life, as a life of a believer in our lives. And Peter in these scriptures is motivating us to be diligent, to grow in grace by showing us the benefits. You and I will have eternal life. That should just excite you right there. And that's the, that's the thing I've always told a co-worker of mine who's an atheist. He just laughs it off and shrugs it off. We don't have to base, but every now and then I'll tell him, I go, hey, listen, I know that I go to church and I pray to God and this person that you don't believe in, and at the end of my life, if I'm right, I gain everything. But if I'm wrong, I lose nothing. But you, my friend, if you're wrong, you lose everything. You lose everything in eternity. And I don't say that to mock him. I say that to have him think about it. Think about the consequences of a life in eternity without God. See, they think it's going to end right at the time of their death. That's just the beginning. The beginning of the rest of their life. And that's one thing you and I, as believers, should never fear is eternity. To be with Almighty God, to be with the God that loves you, the God that created you, to see your loved ones again, oh, that should just cause you 
to jump and say, yes, hallelujah, I can't wait for that day. Amen? Why don't you stand with me as we close? I want you to just close your eyes here for a second with me. Close your eyes and look back at your life as believers and see what God has done for you in your life. How He saved you. How He transformed you. How He has blessed you. Provided for you. Meet the needs in your life or met the needs in your life. And so much more. You are not the same person you were back then. You are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. You are now a new creation in Christ. By His divine power, the Lord says this, that He has granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness. That we can grow in grace because He has granted us everything that we need. There's not nothing you lack anymore. Just keep your eyes closed and I want you to keep thinking about that person that was lost without God in their life. And the thought of just spending an eternity in another place other than heaven should cause you to just shake and just say, Lord, I want to be with you. I choose you. I choose you over everything. And I know that's your desire. See, see, He has granted us as His children promises so that by them, those promises, we become children of God. You and I are a child of the King. We have the very life of God in us. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. He's cleansed us from all our sins and granted us salvation. And because of these benefits, we can grow in grace. We're growing in grace today. We're growing in grace on Thursday nights. We're growing in grace every single day of our life. Growing in grace will give us the joy of being useful and fruitful to the Lord so that we don't waste our lives. It will keep us from stumbling and falling away from the Lord. Lord, we look forward to when we will be received into your eternal kingdom. And you tell each of us, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into your reward. Words that each of us long for. Where we will dwell with you forever and ever and ever. In light of these great benefits, be diligent, every one of you, those that are watching online. Be diligent to grow in grace, to grow, be fruitful, be effective in the kingdom of God. Be a blessing to those around you. Be a light to those around you. Amen. Thank you, Father. We love you, Lord, this afternoon. We thank you, Lord, that we can grow in grace. We thank you that we can grow in your love, that you love us. We are your children and that you guide us and care for us. Again, we pray your blessing of healing upon those that we've prayed for at the beginning of this service.
We pray your healing touch, Lord. Surround them with your love. Surround them with your protection. Surround them with your angels, Father, right now. Lord, that no harm would come to these children, the adults, that your blessing would be upon them, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father God, at this time, I pray a blessing upon the congregation. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.